This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 3rd, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. When Democrats made their case in the Senate for removing the president, many of their assertions seemed to conflate U.S. security with the security of Ukraine. And in doing so, according to Cato's Emma Ashford, they presented hawkish foreign policy as the norm. From the perspective of a foreign policy scholar, what troubled you about how Democrats were presenting their argument on behalf of removal of the president. This is kind of a consistent problem in the Trump era. It's not just the impeachment. It goes back to the Mueller report. And it's a tendency, um, a very understandable tendency, I think, among Democrats to claim that what President Trump is doing is not just corrupt. It's not just wrong. It's also a national security threat. Um, and so this this ends up with a position where we see um, during the impeachment trial last week, we see the House managers for the impeachment making arguments like, um, you know, the president cut off aid to Ukraine. Um, that's a disaster. You know, that that is going to let Russia do whatever it wants. That's going to cause the, you know, the collapse of the West practically, it sounds like what they're saying. Um, and that's not really true. Um, what the president did was bad enough. It was corrupt. It was self-serving. That's an impeachable offense, but that's entirely different from the foreign policy implications. And when Democrats start to sort of not lie about that, but exaggerate it and make it much more about national security, I think they put themselves in a fairly dangerous position. And specifically, uh, not U.S. national security. Right. So again, this is sort of the problem. Um, they say that Ukraine, so, you know, you've got Adam Schiff standing there on the House floor saying things like, um, you know, Ukraine's security is our security, um, you know, that the defense of Ukraine is, is essential for the defense of the Western world. Um, and these are not... Um, these are not true statements. You know, I'm paraphrasing what he says here, but the impression you get is that Ukraine is the front line in some existential struggle against Russia and that without Ukraine to hold the line, we're all in trouble in the long run. And that's just very misleading. Um, Ukraine and the US are not allies in any formal sense. We've only been sending them military aid since 2014 since just after the Russian invasion. Um, we've only been sending them lethal aid, that is, things you can use to kill people, um, since the Trump administration came into office. We didn't even do that under the Obama administration. So this is a relationship that's really being blown out of proportion during the impeachment hearings. For their part, how have Republicans reacted to that case of, uh, in some ways, conflating U.S. and Ukrainian security? Well, there's been a couple of responses, right? So, um, so, so much like um, most of the rest of the issues surrounding impeachment, some Republicans have said, "Oh, it's just not that big a deal," right? Um, other Republicans, though, have actually sort of turned this on its head, and this is where it starts to get a little dodgy for Democrats. Um, so, other Republicans have said, "Well, you know, President Trump cut off this aid to Ukraine, but President Obama never actually sent the lethal aid to Ukraine in the first place," and so they actually start to. Um, compare the two presidencies and make them look like they're kind of equivalent. So the, the real scenario is that President Obama had a policy disagreement with Congress um, and they debated over whether to send the aid. The Trump administration, President Trump, cut off the aid illegally in order to try and coerce the Ukrainians into digging up dirt on a political opponent. These are hugely different things. But when the Democrats make it about foreign policy, it sounds like they're more equivalent than they really are. 
what would have been the right uh, case to make? I mean, to the extent that that this Ukrainian security matters to Congress, they certainly approved uh, a lot of this uh, spending. What would have been the better argument? I think the better argument for lawmakers to make would be one about corruption, um, because that is actually what the articles of impeachment are about. They're about corruption and personal dealing um, and, and the, the use of the office of the president for those purposes. Um, in, in both this and in, in sort of the, the Mueller report and the Mueller investigation, I think Democrats have really made a mistake by emphasizing the foreign policy implications. Um, when we get to the next Democratic administration, whether it's four years, eight years or whatever down the road, um, Democrats are going to find it pretty hard to turn around and not be very hawkish on Russia, not be very supportive of Ukraine, even if those are policy positions they might like. So I worry that in using foreign policy as a tool for domestic political gain here, Democrats are going to box themselves in on foreign policy further down the road. Do these proceedings have any specific implications for how the U.S. does business? I mean, we fund different regimes around the world, often with uh, lethal aid. Uh, is there a story to be told about the problems that that causes, or is this just a a one-off? Um, to, to some extent, that's the problem here. Um, we're not focusing on the one-off. We're not focusing on our relationship with Ukraine, the aid that we're sending them. We're not talking about the policy implications because the reason the Obama administration was worried about sending weapons to Ukraine was they thought that it might provoke Russia. They said that it would prolong the war. And I think we've been pretty lucky and um, things haven't escalated badly in Ukraine, but um, the war is still going on despite the Trump administration sending that lethal aid. So um, instead of looking at the story of what's actually going on with Ukraine, which is our aid isn't really making a huge difference there, um, it's probably prolonging the conflict. Um, instead of talking about that issue, we're instead talking about it in terms of the president cuts it off because he cut it off and this is bad. Um, you know, then the aid must be good. It's, it's very reductive and it's going to end up hurting us on the foreign policy front in the long run. In in a sense, do you think that this really matters? I mean, attorneys who are making a case before a jury, which you know, in the in the case of an impeachment trial, they're trying to make a case to convince members of a jury. Is this all just a defensive crouch, or do you think that they're that these are uh, deeply held ideas about what U.S. security means? Well, you know, I think there's two things. First, as we are being told over and over, this is only a trial in a very specific sense. This is not a trial that obeys the laws of your average criminal or civil trial. Um, the Senate is a specific kind of court, right? One with its own rules. And I think that extends to the idea that the Senate is also a deliberative body that talks about foreign policy. Um, so senators have to be mindful when they're talking about impeachment um, that, that the things that they say on foreign policy bleeds through and come back up later when they get back to talking about foreign policy in, in the context of sort of their other job. Um, the second thing is that to some extent, this does actually represent a policy difference between um, Congress and the executive. Um, and on the question of Ukraine, um, hawks in Congress have actually been more aligned with the Trump administration on that question than they were with the Obama administration. So I would say that Congress generally has been more hawkish on the question of Russia and on the question of Ukraine. Um, it's just that impeachment is taking them even more so 
in that direction. Is part of the problem here just congressional abdication? I know that uh, the Constitution reserves the war power to Congress, and Congress has uh, uh, stupidly delegated a lot of that authority to the White House. And it seems that a lot of this uh, spending that Congress authorizes to provide aid to other countries also delegates a lot of power to the White House to the extent that the president, under some circumstances, can withhold or condition aid, uh, whether or not that's legal. Yeah. So in this case, um, it actually wasn't legal. The The government accountability offices came back and said that because um, the aid was specifically appropriated by Congress, it actually was illegal to withhold it. That's not always the case, though. When Congress says, I think we should send aid to somewhere, there's usually a lot of discretion for the executive in those decisions. Um, I think it really just highlights a big trend in U.S. foreign policy, which is to say Congress is very keen to vote. Uh, senators and congressmen are very keen to put their 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 words on the record when it comes to being more hawkish about things, when it comes to voting to send aid to places like Ukraine, when it comes to, um, you know, criticizing other countries or dictatorships, when it comes to saying, let's put sanctions on a lot of countries. They're very good about doing that. They are not very good about standing up to be counted when it comes to dialing back any of that. So whether it's willingness to take off sanctions um, after, you know, they've been successful, or whether it's willingness to weigh in and say maybe we shouldn't be fighting so many wars. Um, Congress is just really bad at taking responsibility for actually dialing things down. So they're effectively always ratcheting things up and never thinking about how we get back down from that, that high place. Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. Cato Podcast.